This is Learn Right Radio, your podcast for clinical practice, clinician experiences, and being a clinician in the workplace. I'm your host, Sarah Thistle. episode two. We are diving into our latest course today on soft tissue massage um, for the injury prevention specialist. This is about dynamic soft tissue massage and how it applies to us, how we can use it in our field, when, why, etc. So today we have Tori O'Connor here and she's going to uh, give her intake or input on soft tissue massage, how she uses it. And um, so we'll start off. Tori, tell us a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, you guys. So I'm Tori. I am an athletic trainer, and I am based out of Reno, Nevada. Um, I do work at an industrial automotive plant, so we see quite a few manual labor associates who work um, really long hours. They work 12-hour shifts, and they either work three days a week, four days a week, or oftentimes five to six days a week. So this is a tool that we tend to use often, so I'm excited to talk about it. Nice. And so I'm assuming starting out, you were in the industrial setting. I was not. No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I um, finished with my degree and then I actually moved overseas and focused a little bit more on a leadership development um, with underprivileged communities. Um, So I used my my AT skills in more of an informal setting with a more of a general population. Um, And then when I came back, I worked in a physical therapy clinic for a little bit and then started here. So it was my first industrial and I love it. (laughs) Incredible. Um, And Chantel, you're here too. So why don't you tell us, tell all the listeners what you're about and your background. Well, I'm a physical therapist. I've been working in the industrial setting for almost five years now. And before that was in sports. So I have my board certification in sports. Um, Mostly worked with outpatient outpatient athletes, uh, worked with some professional teams, semi-professional teams, and then quite a few people who would like to be a professional, but we're not. And that was most of my experience before industry and then came to industry. Um, I'm also the instructor for this course. And although I would say that I, I tend to go directly to massage, not massage, manual therapy. I, I just always have, it's been my thing. I tried to get away from it. My hands were killing me and it just didn't, it didn't work out. So uh, it was like how I um, developed rapport with, with my patients and with my clients. And I think it's really important. I don't love it. And I had quite a bit of a, uh, stomp on my ego pride when people would say, Oh, aren't you the massage therapist? And now I, now I don't care as much. I understand its importance, but the reason we had done this course was because so many people had requested, Hey, when I come into the industrial setting, I'm getting questions of how do I do massage? Are there different ways? I mean, we find that we're doing this so often because it's allowed by OSHA. And so we thought, well, let's let's do a little bit of a deeper dive into this and a couple of different techniques and options that we can use. I think even in 
the outpatient setting, you can use a lot of these as well. I, a lot of outpatient therapists use these athletic trainers in the training rooms, that, that kind of thing. But particularly in the industrial setting there, generally, if they have 15 minutes, they're gonna choose massage over doing anything else. And it's a good way of proving to them that they don't have to be in the pain or discomfort that they're in. There are some things that they can do about it and then you develop that rapport and then you're able to do a lot more coaching. So mm -hmm. it's, it's multifaceted, right? And I know Tori, you and I have talked about this before and how when you first started coming into the industrial setting, you're like, oh, that's right. I can use my hands <laughs> mm -hmm. and you weren't shy about that. You were like, this is great. This is how I develop rapport too. Right. Yeah. I, I do. It's funny how I think all of us, right. We know that we have a lot of knowledge, but we have to remember the audience that we're working with. Right. So here talking with someone who is a professional athlete. So they're super familiar with their body and how it works and, and you can fine tune the smallest things to get them where they need to get you can talk higher level, but when you're working with people who rarely even see a doctor, right. And oftentimes are coming from probably a more lower income socioeconomic status. Um, it's like you bring it back to the basics and it's the coolest way to build that relationship. And so, yeah, I mean, if your pride's in the way, <laughs> then, then it's going to be hard trying to connect with people because, um, that's one of the greatest ways to connect with someone is, not only like through a listening ear and a, and talking, it's also through that like physical touch as a healthcare provider. Um, and yeah, that's a whole nother story, but it's, mm -hmm. it's really a great way to make someone start to trust you quicker than probably normal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, have you ever had instances where you didn't, you chose against massage, even though it could have worked or it could have been a good choice? Yeah, I actually, um, this was, I guess, two days ago. I really try to read the person I'm working with. So I was talking with a guy and, you know, some people really do preface, like, you know, I just have this pain and I'm trying to, I want to figure out how to help it. Like they're actually very self motivated or empowered. And so I actually would, I asked him, I was like, okay, well I gave him everything, all that, the stretches, exercises, you know, really talk through the anatomy of what was going on. And then I was like, you know, I haven't done anything, quote unquote, according to his most people's idea. Um, so I said, yeah, so I do have something I can work on it right now if you want. And he was like, no, no, I think it's okay. Like I think, and I was like, okay, great. And so I really, I don't have a problem with letting people tell me what they want or don't want, you know, like if someone really, if I can tell someone's trying to get to that point of wanting some manual therapy, um, I don't resist that, but I always make sure I like give the right context and provide the right education around it. Right. It's not just like, okay, great. You came in for your 10 o'clock manual therapy appointment that we do every Thursday. It's like, I'm very much a, this is how you can do this for yourself and how you can be empowered. I will say that's where I'm different than a lot of other people that come from a traditional setting is I do not want to see them every week. <laughs> I'm the type that's like, I'm going to give you, um, ways to do this same thing or mimic it on your own so that it is a sustainable, you know, change because eventually, you know, and again, we know that comes with exercise and strengthening and we get there, but, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not a, I don't like the dependency that can come with, mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. Do you oftentimes teach them that the, 
those self-care things without massage or with massage. So Mm -hmm. like, have you done it? And then they understand how they feel and then you give them those tools or, Mm -hmm. or maybe you do both. Yeah. I kind of do both. It oftentimes depends on just where my brain's at, (laughs) but, um, what I typically will do is I, I will emphasize where we want to get for the long-term solution, right? The long-term solution is that you're strengthening the tissue and you're doing it with proper form to allow you to withstand a higher load, et cetera, et cetera. We know all the benefits. And what I'll say is I usually say you can start with some sort of a soft tissue that helps warm up the tissues, quote unquote, research or not. Um, It helps them feel like they're doing something. Then after that is when, if you would like to do stretches, you can do your stretches, but then I always want you to follow with doing these strengthening and these exercises. So to me, it's like, it's a tangible way that they can like, like if you're giving them a lacrosse ball or you're giving them something, it's a tangible reminder for them to do it. Whereas sometimes when we give an exercise, they always forget it because I'm like, okay, now you're going to do this shoulder roll in a, in a row. And they uh-huh. forget that because it's, there's not something tangible to look at. And it feels more like this is work and not the relief. So yeah, I try to pair them together, but I explained that there's a, there's a, a program that comes with overall mm-hmm. getting better mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. eventually you graduate out of that soft tissue stage. So quote unquote, and into the, the yeah. Rest. Yeah, well, and that brings in the conversation of so many people like to massage is not a cure. And so they'll they'll try to put it into some context, which makes you feel like, oh, massage is bad. And I, massage is never bad. It's never a bad thing. And even right. if people want to do that every week or every month, that's fine. I encourage them to find a massage therapist and develop a relationship mm-hmm. and go once a month. I mean, we all as human beings crave that physical touch. Now, do you need to have that done by a clinician under the context of rehabilitation or therapy? No, but I try to also when I'm giving massage and it's it's a hard line because you don't want them to continue to come in, but you also don't want to develop the understanding that massage is a bad thing or it's a negative thing or you're weaker because you you need massage or you like massage some people hate it all together they'll say i don't like it i don't want it and fantastic okay i don't have to (laughs) tell you anything about that but you know sometimes sometimes with those people actually convince them like it can be a good thing for you to do some self-mobilization can i show you how Mm -hmm. can we do a test before and after because you'll see that you can gain Mm -hmm. some flexibility, whether, whether that's actual tissue length or just the nerves are moving better, whatever it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. Um, but we certainly don't want to paint it in a negative. Yeah. Mindset. Well, and I have to say like with my own experience, right? Like I, I have a certain spot in my back and I've talked about this with you before, but it will really tighten up and it'll be super painful. And the only way that I can really get in there is if I'm doing an active release. So I have, I'm up against a wall with a lacrosse ball and I'm actually doing a scapular movement that has helped that pain go away. And it reminds me that again, although we have knowledge that, you know, the long-term solutions and the research and whatnot, we are really in the business of just helping the pain to start and pain is, has receptors, right? Pain receptors can be caused by a world of things. And I've had appointments where I had to talk with the associate that their pain was directly linked 
to how they were feeling at work that day and how things were going in their personal life and their work life. And now it was presenting physically because he was getting better. He was doing great, doing all the stuff, but that anatomically nothing was wrong. And as soon as something happened with work and personal life, he comes back, he's like, it's just right back where it was in that same spot. And I said, okay, we're going to have a heart to heart now. And so that's, I guess the point is that when I think of this type of setting, especially it's more about how are we helping them figure out the pain. And then once we can figure out the pain piece, and a lot of times that's where that soft tissue comes in. Then we talk through the sustainable methods of now research shows this and by experience, this is what works and go right. so on from there. Right. Right. Well, and you kind of brought in um, another point, which was that oftentimes when we do traditional massage, that's more difficult to do on your own, but mm-hmm. with these dynamic pieces of soft tissue mobilization, those can oftentimes be done at home and in the exact same way. Pretty much. Yes. I, I actually, when I was preparing for this, um, this podcast, one of the things I wrote down was I always want to give them some, there's two main points that I was like, I've got to make sure I say this. One of them is that giving them something that they can replicate at home. And oftentimes it's not just a passive, someone else doing it for you. Right. And secondly, it's that, um, Oh, let's see. Oh, that us doing something that's actually involves them doing some of the work takes us a little bit out of that stigma that we're massage therapists. It, it makes them see like there's some, a little bit more technique involved and there's a little bit more than just, I'm going to lay here and you're going to do the work for me. Um, so I actually rarely, rarely ever just do a massage. And if I did, it would maybe be trigger point, but I, we also know trigger point is kind of like usually aggravates more. So I'm going to actually make you do some movement or, um, or I'll help move it. You know, I really focus on that. Yeah. I, it's, I guess it's my own, my own. Yeah. Yeah. You're right though. It's so often somebody comes in and they're like, okay, well, here's my pain. Here you go. Can you, can you do something about it? And that's not necessarily our job. And so it's, it's, being able to communicate in the right way that I can help you with it, but I'm not going to take it and, and uh, fix it. You're going to fix it. or I'm going to help you fix it. Mm-hmm. This is both, both of our opportunity here versus yeah, just, just lay down and we'll fix it for you. Right. And I've had quite a few people leave at the end of an appointment and say, wow, I got so much more out of this than I thought I would. And they, they maybe didn't have an understanding yet of what we do, but I've had a lot of people be like very surprised with the amount of, knowledge that we are providing them that's more than just oh yeah let's put some tape on it or you know what they traditionally are maybe thinking is it is so that's pretty cool yeah do you have I'm sure you have kind of a couple in your toolbox of techniques what are what are your favorites that you do Mm -hmm. yeah I really do love like active release techniques Mm so um I really like the idea of finding that spot maybe that that they feel the most triggered and then showing them the lengthening and shortening of that so you know when you shorten that muscle you're really getting into it and then when you lengthen it it really helps stretch it and I feel like with the limited amount of time that we have you do see greater results with it Mm -hmm. um that's probably my my biggest one and then Mm -hmm. I'll do I will do somewhat of a positional release technique a PRT but that's not as much of like you know I guess you are providing a fascial kind of, um, push on it. So like today Mm -hmm. 
literally just before this podcast, I worked with a guy who before I just did more of a, an active release, um, the previous time. And then this time I was like, let's just try PRT and just see. And it was like amazing that it was very obvious his, it was in his thoracic, those muscles just had never been put in a position to just relax for a minute. (laughs) I mean, he was, he's so holding himself up. And so it took a while for him to start to relax, but then he was like, wow, I'm really surprised. Like that feels really good because it doesn't feel like anything until it finally just starts to like, and again, I'm speaking like the research is probably screaming at me right now, but the (laughs) the point being that it was in a very short span of time, you, you, someone feels like it's, Uh Well, that's a good point that it's not, you're not always appropriate for one or another. And Mm -hmm. it's not a one size fits all. It's, this is a possible technique that we can use. It's a great way to get them to do stuff on their own, but it won't always be what what they need. What they need. Yeah. I would love to know your guys's because I do feel like my toolbox is smaller. We have other clinicians on our team who are just like hungry to learn more. They do mulligan, they do all of these things. And I will, if I think of it, (laughs) I will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to know what some of your guys's are. Well, of course, you know, talking within OSHA, we would be speaking specifically for non-work related stuff, Correct. right? Um, and then if we're talking work related, which is, I, I, I probably see work related more than non-work related, just with the population that I see, they oftentimes just don't come in for non-work related, even though mm-hmm. we'd like them to. Um, if it's work-related, it's almost always some kind of soft tissue mobilization because that's what it is. And honestly, I have taken course after course in muscle energy, trigger point, joint mobilizations, whatnot. Mm -hmm. And eventually you just have a couple of things that work well for you and you just do those. And it's like, you know, so much of it is your alliance with that individual and then the education that you're giving them and that placebo effect of you're doing something for them um, versus anything like, well, I'm just going to mobilize this right here and you'll feel just fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I shadowed under, well, there was a a DO, so the doctor of osteopathy who worked in our um, outpatient clinic when I was just getting out of school and he's older, he's in his sixties and he really was fantastic. I don't, I could not feel some of the things that he felt and research would also say that most people cannot feel those things either. So, um, I feel less inadequate now, but, uh, (laughs) he would do this like really deep myofascial stripping, which was horribly uncomfortable, but it tended to work for people who were just like really, really stuck. And if they could put up with the pain, it was, it seemed to kind of get them going in the right direction. It wasn't a Swedish kind of feel good type of a thing. So I had really just kind of gone from, all right, I have all these different techniques. So like there's just, I just chantel just this one speed and that's pretty deep and uncomfortable. Mm. Um, in fact, I've had so many people say like, oh, your husband must be so lucky he has you around. I'm like, yeah, he never has me ever because I only have one speed and it's deep. He didn't like it. It's uncomfortable for him. Yeah. So I don't get asked that question ever unless he's in, he's dying. If he's dying, he'll ask me. And then one, one treatment he's done. So that's what I, that's my go-to. It just has worked yeah. for me. It's what I'm comfortable with. And 
I kind of sometimes feel like an old dog. Like I just don't want to learn any new tricks. Like it's just, it's, that works yeah. for me. But, but, um, but diving into this dynamic soft tissue mobilization kind of learning some of the techniques and I'm thinking, you know, we all do this anyways. We just don't realize we're doing it. Yeah. And we're not really being specific about it. And so I think if we understand a couple of them, then we put two and two together, it, it will just broaden what we have and then be able to use what we have into more, if, that, mm. if I'm making any sense whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. I, <clears throat> I feel like I end up combining things a lot. Like I don't just do one thing. I end up doing like, like a merge um, mm -hmm. is almost always active as well. But, um, you know, I'm still relatively new. So I still like get nervous, maybe not nervous, but I'm just very uh, attentive to the rules just to make sure that, you know, I'm within my limits because what I did with D1 athletes certainly can't do, you know, in this setting. And so yes. um, part of it is that learning curve of, okay, I know I know things, but what can I do? And that's why these courses are awesome. Um, and it's no wonder that people are asking about them, especially as more and more people are kind of filtering into this niche um, area. So yeah. Well, if you think I about think it, combining. it's massage is almost a, a, it's a, a, like a developed taste, if you will. So athletes have had many different types of massage and they come in and they, they just expect that you're going to do some crazy deep kind of massage they've had before. That's what they want. That's what they expect. They've kind of gone through it. It's like, um, this is probably a terrible example, but it's like when you start drinking wine, you're going to start with the really terrible stuff. It's like Boone's farm. I don't even know if they make that anymore. You know, just like really sweet wine. And then eventually you graduate to just being an absolute snob about it because you go through those channels. And so now I don't want the sweet wine anymore. Just like, I don't, I don't want plain effleurage. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm like, you get, just get in there and do it. But a lot of the industrial athletes that we see, you know, like they're still, they're still just trying this out. They're still just finding what it is. So we can't just jump right into the good stuff because they're not going to know what it is. First of yeah. all, we have to kind of teach them a little bit. Like it is beneficial to do some soft tissue mobilization. We're going to start here and then graduate you. Right. That's, that's a great analogy. I instantly was thinking on the flip side um, when I was in my clinicals, it was almost a stigma of athletic trainers that it was like, we pr prided ourselves. We had, yeah, prided ourselves on like making an athlete be in pain from the type of massage we were doing. <laughs> yes. I mean, it was a real thing. Like it was almost like, oh, we've got John over there who thinks he's the star athlete and he needs to come see me. Okay. Let me dig my elbow into you. <laughs> and it's actually so funny how I, that was a huge learning curve at first for me is that I was so used to digging in really tough, honestly, that I had to like change that super quick when I got here. Um, just because I realized, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is like, not the same. This is not the same at all. And not only is it not young, you know, college age students or young twenties, I'm dealing now with like older people who are just a lot more fragile, but yet a lot more tense. And, you know, it's just a whole different body. <laughs> like it's yeah. a whole different body. So I, I really appreciate that analogy though, of the 
of the getting accustomed to it. Cause it's true. But then also on the flip side, the way that we in our profession, um, it might be different in physical therapy. Of course, you guys learned about general population, but in the athletic training world, that was almost a pride moment for people is <laughs> how hard could you massage and, and then how well could you tape an ankle? So <laughs> it's just two a, minutes. Better be. Yeah. Better yep. Be exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, once you take the course, you'll be, you'll, there are some videos in there. I I did do some pretty awkward videos for Omar was, that was at part two. Yeah. (laughs) I was, I was thinking in my head, like, how do I hurt Omar? Um, make him squirm for this. No. The, the stigma still lives. <laughs> uh, he was a good sport, but you'll you'll kind of watch him and be like, oh yeah, no, I, I do some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's more just to. I hesitated on doing videos because I I don't want to make it seem like this is the only way to do it. But at the same time, a picture is worth a thousand words in so many different ways, and so just to kind of see, oh, okay, I understand now. You put yourself in that position, then you do that. And, and mm-hmm. but you could also do this. And so there's a lot of commentary and this is a possibility. However, what might it look like if you were in a different position? Mm. Yeah. Well, hopefully what happens is people one take the course and reflect, oh, okay. I haven't been doing it that way or, oh, interesting. And um, maybe they go back and they look at some things or they start talking to their clinician or their fellow clinicians or, mm-hmm. um, even you know amongst all of us we talk to each other and um you know everything develops and even even if research is like "Mm -hmm." yeah Mm -hmm. or conversely you think well i i do that but i just do it a different way okay mine is just minus five too i think so often we think well if we do it differently it's better and that's not it what you're doing is often fine and it works Mm -hmm. and it's great so sometimes it's just reaffirming you're doing the right things. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is great. Um, you could you could try this as an option, but mm. um, it's not necessarily that you have to change everything that you do. Sure, yeah. it's always good to to reflect, right? Especially when it's something we've always, it's been in our foundations, mm-hmm. foundations of what we've done. And I think it's always good to question if it's the best way to do it and if it makes the most sense. I mean, yeah, we talk about even just like handling the patient themselves, right? Are you, I, when I first started out, I would, if they were in a position that I could tell they were uncomfortable, I was too nervous to change their position, right? Cause they're already in pain. And now I'm like, nope, I need you to get up and switch and you need to be on this (laughs) side of the table. I mean, I have no fear now because it's like, that's what, like, that's what I need to give you the best care possible. Um, so it's, well, it's also important. I'm sure you voice that to them because the whole time we're teaching them or else we're really doing a disservice. Right. If that is all we do is we just, all right, here you go out the door. See ya. Cause mm-hmm. there's like we said that we have, we have the knowledge of these things. We have a skill set. We teach them while we're doing it. And, um, I've been there too. I've definitely been uncomfortable. I'm like, Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. And it's just a matter of, Hey, this is gonna kind of suck a little bit, but trust me. And I mean, you might say, trust me, or they already do. And so you just, even when it hurts, you have that relationship 
which is cool because the further down the road that you continue to do these things with them or maybe start doing it less, that relationship is so strong. And you know, if they're hurt again, it's going to be even easier the next time. Mm, for so, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good synopsis, great conversation about uh, massage. <laughs> <laughs> Never oh yeah about massage. I'm laughing because I actually just booked myself a massage for next weekend and I have not like two years. And I, see and oh, I never get them, but I was like, I need a massage. <laughs> That's so. exactly it. Why we, we we pretend that we hate massage. Oh, massage. <laughs> and then here we go. I know. And I'm happily, happily. If anything else, we spark a ton of massages. Like we're just gonna run up the massage places all around the country that's absolutely (laughs) the ultimate goal of this podcast (laughs) i'll let you know how mine goes (laughs) perfect awesome well thank you guys so much tori thank you for hopping on um it's always a pleasure talking to you so thank you for your insight um chantel always a good time too so thank you and uh we'll catch you guys on the next one